What in the fuck is really going on out there? Buds in the basement. Welcome to Buds in the Basement podcast. This is our 30th episode, y'all. And thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm here with my co-host, Bubba the Mouth. You already know who I am. I'm Sean Collins, the guy with a lot to say. And we are here with a very, very, very special guest, Mr. Noel Olind, the Cajun Libertarian. Thank you so much for doing this show. We are so very stoked to have you on. Um, so let's get this started, man. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world, but, uh, in, in a lot of our, our listeners and followers are followers of you and, and know who you are as well. So, you know, let me say this by starting, um, I've been following you since 2020 on Facebook. You're one of those people I kind of ran across. I was politically lost. I was a, a Ron Paul guy. And then 2016 came and I voted for Trump because I got scared, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, you know, here we are in 2020, I was regretting my vote once again, just like I did with George W. And, uh, and here we are. So 2020, I was like, I'm going back to the libertarian party full bore. Like yeah. I'm going to get into this. And you're one of those people that I ran across along with Bubba. Cause him and I were like in cahoots this whole time, you know, with the COVID thing and, and the 2020 stuff. So like, you know, a lot of people know who you are and what you're doing, but let me ask you this before you were the Cajun libertarian, where did you sit politically? I love that question. And I'm actually super honored. Cause that's like the biggest compliment that, that you can give me is like you run across a goofy meme page and, uh, it turned you turned the tide for you back. And that, that to me is like, that, that's the reason I'm here because Liberty is at the forefront. It's it's on the table. It's on the chopping block. So, I mean, for the future generations, it's our obligation, even if it's just disseminating stupid memes like I've done on Facebook. Amazing, amazing compliment. Thank you so much. Very interesting that you said what you said, because in, when I was 19, I voted for George W. because of 9-11. Right? right. I grew up in a very Christian conservative household, but never Republican. My parents right. would vote constitutionalist, Republican, Democrat. They voted for the person. And that, okay. that I always found value in. And so um, I voted for WN when I was like 19 years old because of 9-11. Instantly right. regretted it. I had this <laughs> weird feeling in my, my gut, right, when he started talking about Iraq. I'm like, I didn't know anything about politics, but I'm like, man, this don't feel right. We don't need to be over there in these places. We're going to get our people hurt. That's what I was more concerned about. Right. I didn't know anything right. about war. I just didn't want our soldiers wrapped up in an unnecessary war that I had no idea why we were there. I'm like, they're going to get our boys and girls killed. We can't do that. Instant regret fell out of politics altogether because I had this mindset. I'm like, these people are just playing with us. They're out there fighting on the Senate floor and then they're going to go shut the doors and they're all going to go have cocktails behind the scenes together while we're the ones stuck with the fight. So I quit it all. I was like, this is all fake. This is all nonsense. Until Obamacare hit. And it forced me back into the politics because Obamacare cut our throat. It was brutal. Oh, I was man. making $10 an hour. My wife was making $7.25 an hour. We had a brand new baby, single wide trailer, had a truck that didn't go in reverse. But oh, they geez. were taking our tax money because we couldn't afford health care. And then on the third year, we had to pay $800 to the IRS. So I was livid. And it shoved me back into politics. And at that point in time was Trump Hillary. And I looked at that and I said, there's no way. There's no way. I can't do either one of these. So I, I didn't vote at all in 2016. I okay. just didn't vote. But it shoved okay. me back into politics. And we had just started watching 
Parks and Recreation. Right? Oh, geez. Yep, yep, and, yep. <laughs> like, Ron Swanson was my idol. And so then I immediately found Ron Paul as well. Both of those Rons I fell into my life at the same time. So it's like, I need to go figure out what this is. And there was so much of the ideology that matched up perfectly with me. And of course, like every other libertarian, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that part. I don't know about that part. But overall, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And so right. then I started digging into it a lot because we just kept getting – each year would pass by and the state was becoming more and more intrusive into our bank accounts, more and more intrusive into our households. And then the COVID here in the era hit, and that sent me over the edge. Even though I live in a deep red state where we were very mildly affected, if at all, but I was watching around the country, watching people, our countrymen and women, having their lives destroyed, having their businesses shut down having their kids have to have a face diaper on it. I was livid. And so that's what shoved me over the edge into not just becoming politically engaged, but becoming politically active. And that's when I made the Cajun Libertarian uh, brand, which ironically enough, I did to curtail Facebook's tyranny because they were messing with my personal page. I mean, my personal profile. Sorry, I'd never set up a page or anything. Right, I, started right. that, I started that in January of 2020, right after the election. Okay. Okay. And so I'm like, all right, well, what am I going to call it? I'll say, well, I'm Cajun, I'm Spanish. I'll go Cajun Libertarian. So I created a Facebook profile and just started meme dumping. And it just took off, right? I skyrocketed like 5,000 friends. It capped me off at 2,000 followers or whatever. And right. so uh, that's when somebody said, and I'd been messing around with some other places, and they're like, hey, make a page. I said, all right. So I recruited a great friend of mine, Carly. Shout out to Carly Sutton, absolutely the the best teammate you could ever imagine. And me and her built that page in nine months to 26 point something thousand followers. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it took nine months to get there. And then last, we were talking before the show, I shared that Rittenhouse tweet I had cropped, and that's when uh, they cut my throat. So in the first nine months, I got 26 something thousand followers. In the, in the following nine months, up till this moment in time right here, I haven't even gotten to 27. So wow. I've been heavy on Twitter, but that's kind of how all of this started and you know the short version of it which is kind of the long version but you know what i'm saying it's uh right i right. never was to, to answer your question frankly i was not politically engaged until okay. becoming a libertarian oh very nice yep. now bubble the mouth will have a, a little a chime in here because you brought up 9-11 and he actually did time in the military so nice. uh, uh I want to I want to know what what uh, Bubba's take is here on all that. You know what I mean? Because he he went to, you went to Afghanistan, brother. Dude, we were pawns in the yeah. game, man. I completely felt the same. I mean, I joined the military when uh, pretty much everything crashed here in the state of Michigan. Uh, yeah. I was yeah. making barely ten bucks an hour as a cook, and my mom was dying, and she told me uh, I had to you know figure out life because when she's gone, I ain't gonna have nobody else left. So I decided to take a huge leap. And, you know, join the military. Why? I was 26, not really accomplishing much. Might as well go ahead and, you know, make my life a little bit more meaningful because I, I kind of felt lost. I wanted to find my place. So I joined the military. Uh, long story short, wound, it up, wound up as a machine gunner in the infantry. Had, a you know, a good time. Wow. But, when you're, but when I was in the military, I'm seeing things and noticing things going, they really don't give a shit about us here. Nope. Uh, because outside the, the, you know, if you're not in the service, uh, there's a lot of love towards the soldiers, but when you're, uh, 
once you're inside the service, you start realizing, okay, the big wigs really don't give a shit about us. We are really uh, big, you know, pawns in a huge game that we're not understanding. So I completely uh, agree with you that, yeah, we should never be over there at all. Uh, we need to be worried about what's here stateside. Yeah, I wanted to join in the military in 2008. I joined the Navy and became a, uh, a corpsman. For those that don't know, that's medical personnel, yep. field, med okay. field combat medicine. And from there, I went on to do several other sea schools. I don't know. Uh, were you in the Army? Uh, yeah, I was in the Army. I uh, first okay. started so going forward. I have a whole bunch of uh, family members from the Navy. Uh, so I wanted to be in the Navy. I had to lose... 160 pounds. I'm a big boy, obviously. You can see how big I'm. I was, I was in. I was always a big boy. Yep. yep. So, uh, you know, I walked into a recruiting station. They go, "Okay, we know you want to join the Navy." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I got to lose a couple pounds." They're like, "Not really, just a couple, a right. lot." But hey, you know, email us and you know, let us know your progress. So I did that through what eight months, I lost the weight. I uh, pretty much got addicted to, I'm not going to say running, but jogging. Cause you know, it's fine. I got addicted to yeah. doing five K's and half marathons. It was nice. Uh, I got kind of hurt though, when they were like, yeah, we don't know who you are. And I was, I was, I had email receipts of who, who I sent it to <laughs> and I was butt hurt. I was super butt hurt. So at the uh, recruiting station, you have all the branches there i'm like air force yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna make that one you know I'm, I'm i'm not really really up there i was like marine corps i was like ooh, man that, that sounds <clears throat> a little bit too hardcore for me i was like army gotcha i'm out of here <laughs> i just wanted to get the hell out of dodge yes so, yeah so the army <laughs> snagged me up uh i was originally supposed to be a radio operator but they ran my credit score and at that time i was I, I think I, I was uh, owing people credit. I was like negative something, it felt like. But it was like, it was low credit score, so I had an FBI uh, background check and everything. I ended up <laughs> having top secret clearance, which it was a fun story because when I got to my unit, I was one of the few people that had it, including my uh, uh, first sergeant or uh, captain. So I would always have to be in presence to do work for them. Wow. Oh, good morning, NSA. Oh, wow. If you guys saw that, yeah, I might have done <laughs> Oh, yeah, we always give a shout-out to yeah, the NSA yeah. on this show. Um, hello, NSA yeah. and FBI and CIA and whoever else is listening. Hey, feel free. We don't care. I was actually, but, uh, I was actually supposed to go into the military out when I was 18 at high school, did the depth program and all that. I actually smoked the ASVAB. I scored like an 88. I was going to be an intelligence specialist, got a top-secret clearance and all that, started partying, and I'm like, don't even come knocking on my door. I'm not going. I'm not leaving. <laughs> By the way, folks, he was supposed to wear the brown pants because overseas yeah. they just wear a black shirt and khaki pants with some boots. That's it. No name tag, no nothing. Doesn't say where they belong, what unit, anything like yeah. that. You look like a civvy. So yeah. you would have had a cake job for real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I, I wound up going in at 25 and wanted to become a change. I wanted to become a medical specialist because I wanted a job that I could have when I got out. And so that's why I, I actually joined up with the Marine Corps. So I don't know oh, if yeah, for all yeah. of you that know that the Marine Corps doesn't have their own medical personnel. The Navy provides oh, wow. it for them. They use okay. Navy corpsmen. So I wore Marine Corps digis and all that. The only difference, if I, if I stood in my unit with my squad of 20 something Marines, you didn't know I was Navy. You had to be right up on me where my, my, uh, blouser said U S Navy instead of U S Marine Corps. Right. And my hat. Okay. And then all my insignias were Naval, but you can't see mm -hmm. none of that from a distance. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. I wanted to uh, I wanted to do that instead of going on a boat. I said, okay, let me take my pick. I'm gonna go on a boat with a bunch of dudes for six months, or I can go kick in doors with the Marine Corps. 
Yeah, let me do that. That sounds much better. So, Hell yeah, coming, brother. Coming from a grunt, I loved my medic, so thank you for your service. You had a very thank important you. role, and I know us grunts were big-ass babies. I know you had to coddle <laughs> us at times, tell us that we were going to be okay. Look, 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 we might seem like badasses kicking in the doors and, you know, shooting rounds downrange, but... We're crybabies too, so it is what it is. Yeah, a lot of the time. Don't be saying that too loud, call, you know what I'm saying? I still, I'm, I've been out of the service for, let's see, almost a decade now. I still talk to my buddies in our little group chat. I nice. still call my my boy Dave Doc. I will always call nice. him Doc. We, yeah. that, that's just how it is. Uh, yeah. I do I do have a friend who was a, a cook. Uh, we, we still call him Cookie, though. We still call him Cookie. <laughs> yes, still indeed. Yeah, I tell you, I, I I still call all of my dental friends Fang Fairies. Right? That's what. We, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's as, funny. As a combat that's medic, good. yeah, as a combat medic, we would all. Of course, you know, you can do this stuff when you're in the military and you got brothers and sisters. But God forbid some civvy tries to trash on the Air Force guy. Now nah, we'll be we'll punch you right in the face for that. But I can call you oh, whatever. Yeah. I want. Yeah, I'm I'll call, call you Air Force. You, I'll call you guys squids. Yeah, I'll yep. call Marine guys, folks that eat crayons. But yep. the thing is, the second as a civvy steps out and says that, I'm on their ass like flies on yep. a shit. This is how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. It's an internal brotherhood. Don't fuck with it. Nope. That is too funny. Now, you are not only the Cajun libertarian, but you are pretty connected with the party. How did you get involved rather than just being a libertarian like me? I'm just a libertarian with a loud mouth. I'm not exactly involved with the party. Right. How did you get involved with the party? You know, that's a wild story. I didn't, I actually didn't want, or not, I wouldn't say want, I didn't suspect any of this, right? Like I just wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make people laugh. I, I wanted to spread awareness about why we shouldn't be allowing them to do what they were doing because I'm somebody and I say it often, I'm very proud of it. And I, I don't care what anybody thinks. I was vehemently against two weeks to flatten the curve, right? Oh, and so uh, And I was very loud about it. And you asked my wife, I, the moment they come out and said that all this, again, medical professional, one of my C-schools was aerospace medicine. So I dealt heavily with the respiratory system. And I'm watching what's going on. I'm like, no, you're not going to convince me that what you're telling me is true because I know this isn't how this works. It doesn't take a medical degree. You don't have to be an immunologist or a virologist to figure this stuff out. It's very simple science and none of it's making sense. We've been treating coronaviruses for a decade. Right. So I just wanted to be out there saying, hey, you guys need to understand you're being lied to. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're being lied to. We can't allow this to do this because if they if we allow them to do this, we're never going to get this stuff back. And even if we get it back, it's going to take us a decade of fight. Right. To try to mess with. Right. This. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And so good, brother. I started the uh, I started the page and then somebody said, hey, why don't you do a Facebook live with me and we'll just talk about like points of what are you know good fundamental solid libertarian points and man i barely even knew what i was talking about but i was like i'll shoot from the hip and we'll figure this out that went two hours and i had hundreds of comments and everybody was oh, like wow. oh man okay. y'all need to do this again y'all need to do this again well the other guy couldn't consistently do it because i had a real messed up schedule i said all right well right so i went and got me this ring light i'm using right here and i sat in my kitchen with a cell phone like i'm doing now and flipped my coffee table upside down <coughs> and sat on an ice chest and started doing Facebook live. And then, oh, nice. yeah. And then a bunch of people 
started watching, started commenting. I didn't even know what a podcast was and I was doing. Yeah. And then it just took off, you know, and, and it's, it amazes me. I feel like it's an elected position because so many people do this stuff. It's so hard to get going. It's so hard to get traction, get moving. Oh yeah. To Absolutely. get and sustain an audience. It's tough. It's very tough. And so I was really flying by the hip and it just took off on me. And Memorial Day of last year, and I've barely been podcasting for a year. Memorial Day of last year, Spike Cohen came on, <coughs> which was funny because which, dude, that is amazing. Yeah. That is somebody that we both look up to very, very much. That yeah, same is here. That is amazing. Great mentor of mine. I'll have Spike on my show again tomorrow. It'd be three or four times now. I mean, I'm, I'm hey. friend. I'm friends with Spike. I can say that honestly because we are. We've hung out several times in person. And there's things I can't say, but I will tell you this. For anybody that doubts it, Spike Cohen and Tasha Cohen are absolutely 100% genuine people. They have done things for me and my family that I can't speak about that are unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so please understand that when you're talking about Spike and you are the power and Tasha, those people are absolutely genuine. They're fantastic human beings. They absolutely care about what they're talking about. They 100% care about each and every one of you. And so... I had Spike on the show, which was something that was only a dream. You know what I'm saying? That was like, I've been podcasting right. for like two months. No, yeah, two months, because I started April 1st, or April 2nd. And on Memorial Day, okay. was in the end of May, I had Spike on. So it's like, what in the world is happening here? You know, this is a guy, I, <laughs> I mean, I voted for this guy. <laughs> he was a vice presidential candidate, and now I get to talk to him. Of course, I didn't do much talking on that first show. I didn't know what I was doing. And so, uh, but from there... It just it just kept going, and I started having on some of the biggest names in the Libertarian Party. And at this point, I pretty much had the biggest names in the Libertarian Party and outside of the Libertarian Party as well. Um, and that that's really kind of how it got started. Was the party actually saw value in what I was doing? So state conventions started reaching out to me and asking me to come speak at their events. And I'm like, I don't know why. I'm just a you know, a memer and a guy that sits on a podcast. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it really was. So this past convention season, I was all over the country and speaking at people's events. It was, it was amazing. And then, Oh yeah, I was following, I was following and I'm like, wow, this guy is really getting in with the party and yep. being involved, which is something that I aspire to be. I would love to be involved with the party, not necessarily, um, I don't want to work in the government. I just don't. Right. But I would love to be the mouthpiece, the the Dana White or the Paul Heyman for the Libertarian Party and just be the mouth that 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 drives it and and helps people, you know, see it. You know what I mean? Cuz yeah. like me, I I don't have the best past in the world. Oh, so sure. like for me to run for office, they would slaughter me in the media. They would own me. me. I mean, it would be bad. Me too. I, I think about it all the time because I get Quite honestly, I'll be frank. I would use the word scared. I get scared often. I'm like, man, if I don't do this, then it's going to be people that I don't know and I don't trust that will. But every time I start going down that rabbit hole of running for office, they're going to be like, okay, well, I've been arrested almost double digit times. They're going to dig into that. They're just going to slaughter me. I've got podcasts where I, where I wasn't in the best state of mind. They're going to dig that up. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know? So that's, uh, I don't know why I get this itch in my throat, but I, I always said, and people, are, libertarians, they, they want to be principled so bad, they can't see the forest from the trees. 
You know, I always said I wanted to be I want to be the Rush Limbaugh of the Libertarian Party. That's who That's I really want to be. You know, it's, right it's not yeah. about being a Republican. It's not about if I agree with Rush Limbaugh. That's a ridiculous notion to conflate those two. Understandably, Rush Limbaugh is a legend. Okay, he built AM radio. We would not have it if mm -hmm. Rush Limbaugh didn't. That's the type of person that I want to be. I want to be that influential with our candidates and with our movement that I can help change the course and trajectory of where we're going and where we're headed. And I hope that doesn't come across as arrogant because I don't mean it to be. At the end of the day, I just want to make a difference, right? Yeah. And so far, have. I've gotten allies now, like, well beyond the Libertarian Party. I've had Carol Roth on my show multiple times. Yeah. Carol Roth is an amazing economist. She works for the Blaze. She's on the Glenn Beck radio program every week. Every week. And I've, yeah. I've got – I texted her last night. I have access to somebody with that kind of clout. Where at any time, just like Spike, I can text her and be like, hey, can you come on the show? I need you to explain why inflation is headed into stagflation. What are these economists doing? Because we can't trust people like Paul Krugman, you know. But to have that kind of access to somebody with that kind of media leverage who's on TV constantly, who's on a, a, a radio program that millions of people listen to every week, and she has massive influence. Those are the kind of things. I've had Dave Smith on the show. I've had Larry Sharp twice. Mike Cohen comes on all the time. These are the kinds of things that I honestly feel like it's an elected position by the audience, and I've been very lucky. And that's just where this all kind of boiled down to because you've got people that are constantly within the party looking for influencers who can have access to these type of connections to help push the word out, right, into major outlets like that. And I believe that's where yes. that came from. And so, you know, the, the National Libertarian Party, they – comment and they share my stuff my tweets quite frequently you know <clears throat> so i don't know i don't know how it happened to be honest with you it just there is part of it that's just kind of destiny in my mind some of it probably is talent because i don't have any experience uh, a lot of it is like i said it's an elected position and at any time if i get buck wild or crazy or unprincipled or anything the audience can just vote me out and you'd never hear from me again so that helps keep me or at least that's what i that's how i feel about it the only reason that anybody knows who i am is because of the audience and so that keeps me humble and that keeps me wanting to always be moving forward and always keep learning and like i said i, I can't stress this enough i've never really reached out to any of these people you know other than the people i wanted to have on the show and i'll say this too right. for all the libertarian podcasters out there don't be shy Take your shot. I had Hannah Cox and Larry Sharp on the show because I ran a Twitter poll when I was barely getting started. Nice. That's how that wow. happened. That's, yeah. that's powerful wow. right there, Reach man. out. Yeah, yes. reach out. These people are going to say yes. That's why I dug around. I wound up getting a close connection with Spike. Had him on the show two months after I started, right? All because I asked. Don't be afraid to ask. What's the worst that can happen? They'll say no. And you're just See, now. square one. It's funny that you say that because <laughs> personally, I was very um, nervous about approaching you. Oh. I just was. To <laughs> do that. I was, man. A little bit. I, I, just a little bit. And, and Mrs. Buds, we, we call my wife Mrs. Buds on the show because she's a big part of this. That's my awesome. wife's the reason I have this show. She's the one who set this up. That's I was just a guy that was b bitching on Facebook 
all the time about what the duopoly asshats were doing and going to Facebook jail for all the time. And she's (laughs) like, Hey, you know, and, and a little bit of history about Bubba and I, um, Bubba and I met in broadcasting schools. We went to one of the the biggest broadcasting schools in the United States, Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts. That's amazing. That's how we met here in Detroit. Um, And so it was, you talk about destiny. It was destiny that him and I linked up. I think so too. But but no, for real, I was very nervous about uh, approaching you to do this because like I've been following you for like two and a half years now, and you're somebody that I, I look up to. I appreciate and, that. And I love how suave you are with your words and how you're very tactful with how you speak because I am not there yet. That's why, like, on Twitter yesterday when everything was going down, yeah. I didn't I didn't get involved in that because I didn't I wasn't gonna play nice. Right. And so that's that's a fault that I have. I'm more of a like an in your face kind of guy. Like, what are you fucking stupid? Stop watching TV and yeah. and do your own research, you know. And that's not the way to really do that shit, you know. And so I can't believe that Hollywood so actress I'm, even commented in there. <laughs> that's funny too, right? Like, no, I, but then everybody yeah. lost their minds after that, and I'm like, oh, dude. And they were all like saying all the things you see on TV, and I'm like, oh, I got to stay away from this because I don't know how to tactfully come at you, right? Without like sounding like an asshole per se. And I don't want to be that guy. Like I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning from you. I'm learning from spike. You know, I love spike. I love yeah. Shane Hazel, yeah, you know, like I've been following all you guys for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's quite surreal that you're on here right now, but, yeah. uh, let me, let me ask you this question now, because, you know, people have been listening to me for, and Bubba for 30 shows now. And, uh, you know, they just hear me speak and Bubba speak about the Libertarian Party. But let me ask you, why is it so important to get Libertarians elected at this very moment in time? Well, there that's twofold, right? No, the first, my first answer would be that I think we have a very real opportunity at this point in time, as you just said. There's a lot of people that were disaffected by Trump. Right. There were liberty lovers that just they couldn't get down with Trump. And it really left a a bad taste in their mouth with the Republican Party. And then on the flip side, you had the other side of the aisle that were super pro Trump. There's certain aspects of liberty that they love. We must recognize these things. Otherwise, we're we're being that. Right. We cannot. Right. Sit back. They don't really care about liberty. We know more. But well, yes. okay, Yeah, we do. But. Let's let's just be patient with these people because we'll find out, you know, where they're going to be. And then, so there was a massive gravitation towards the Libertarian Party because of Trump. The Trump effect was major on all of U.S. politics. That should never be underestimated. Uh, secondarily, now you've got the Biden effect, which I'll be honest with you, I did not think it could be this bad this fast. I had no idea. I thought I, I did the same. <laughs> I'm like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's no way that it could get this bad this fast. You know, it'll be, I was like, yeah, it'll, you know, it'll be the same old thing we've been going. It's not the same old thing. Any libertarian no. that tries to tell you that they're, they're being, not but they're being silly. They're being goofy or they're just intentionally being disingenuous. You know, I, this is not the same thing that we've been looking at for the past 50, 60, 75 years. It's just not right. completely different now. You know, and so now you've got a lot of disaffected Democrats, right, that are mm-hmm. seeking 
and they're watching and they're going to be like, man, I cannot get down with the GOP, understandably. And we're looking at now with the FBI just handed Donald Trump another four years. There's a lot of Democrats that are not going to do that. They aim for the king and fucking missed. This is, you know, I I, I was thinking about this yesterday. Honestly, I'm telling you, think anybody that really wants to dissect the truth. Anytime that Donald Trump has said, this is a witch hunt, it's been a witch hunt 100% of the time. Because they've never found anything. They never do. Now, there is something that a lot of people may not know. And you know what he hasn't called a witch hunt? What Letitia James in New York is doing right now. He actually went to court and pleaded the fifth. He's not calling that a witch hunt. Pay attention to that case, okay? Right. Everything right. else that he calls a witch hunt, he's been spot on about. They never get him. They never get him. They're not. He's not calling that a witch hunt, okay? But this is now, a massive political fallout by the Democrats. This is this is unprecedented and could change the trajectory trajectory of U.S. politics for a long time. You cannot do this, okay? But let's look in reality of the situation. Now you've got a bunch of Republicans and a lot of Democrats that had their eyebrows raised at this scenario. They're like, you know what? This is this is too far. They've crossed the Rubicon. Can't do stuff like that. All right. Now you're not. And the 87,000 IRS agents. Look how many Republicans are now calling for the abolishment of the IRS and the FBI. Funny how that don't works. Don't run huh? past that. I don't care what their intentions are. I don't care why they're saying it. Single issue coalitions matter. Team up. Hey, I agree with you. We don't even have to figure out why. Just, yes, let's abolish both of those agencies and let's do it right now. Now, that being said, you know, with with the FBI raid of Donald Trump, right? um, It's a little wild the way they went about it because they just said he had some classified documents and that he was he was going to try to. I guess I don't want to say sell, but work with other countries with with nuclear energy stuff. Who and I'm like, that? What? Who's buying that? <laughs> Last I checked, it was the nuclear codes, and I'm sitting there going, "So you're telling me, you know, nuclear codes they get swapped every so every often. day? They get swapped every day. The nuclear so, codes get swapped every day. You're going <laughs> after old codes? What the what the fuck is this? No, they're and, and look, I said this on Twitter. Okay, let's be real. Let's analyze this scenario for sure. From the start, this was a political move. We know this. Don't be, don't be gaffed. This was a political move. It's midterm season. It's midterm season. Okay, they're trying to pull off some sort of October surprise. Okay, they thought because of their little neoliberal echo chamber that this would be a great uh, political move. Turns out, everybody hated it. Only the far left of the people that are ate up with TDS are the ones celebrating this. Everybody else is going. This looks terrible. If they could do this to him, right. what could they do they to me? Do anybody. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Dave Smith's now, great tweet yesterday was, quit saying that. And I totally agree. Because the issue is, we should be looking at this from the perspective that the FBI has been doing this to us for decades. And the reason that they did it to Trump is because they've been getting away with it for, with us for decades. Okay, but this is a massive political fallout for them. This is not good. And they've changed their Here's reasoning th- every day. Have you noticed that too? But oh, yeah. I smell panic. They're panicking because they know this was oh, yeah. terrible. Nobody believes the nuclear codes garbage. Well, well, here's the catch. Now, the FBI raids Trump, right? And they think they have some kind of, of reason to do so with, with classified documents and, and not. Okay, so 
for me to not believe this this wasn't political theater, they would have had to not only raid Trump, they would have had to raid raid Obama and Biden. They would have had to raid Bush and Cheney. They would have had to raid the Clintons. They would have had to go after Pelosi, Schumer, Cocaine Mitch, Romney. The list goes on, and they didn't do that. It was one fucking person. And here we are going, okay, how are you telling me this is not a witch hunt? And now... We're libertarians here. We're not a bunch of Trumpers, dude. Uh, I'm not I'm not a part of that cult. I don't want to, you know, I voted for him and immediately regretted it. And I will never go back to that. I will never vote for duopoly assets ever again. I've never been a Democrat in my life. I was raised hardcore Southern Baptist. Uh, yeah. So talk about being a neocon. Yeah. That was me, you know. And so for me to not believe this was political theater, though, they would have had to go after everybody else. And they didn't. The only thing they have on Trump is war crimes, just like every other fucking That's president exactly right. before him. That's exactly right. That's what I keep saying. I've never I'm I'm technically by definition a never Trump. I've never voted for Trump. I never will vote for Trump. But I'm not ate up with TDS. OK, I don't hate the guy. I just don't want him to be the president. OK, so I can look at this from an right. unbiased position and go, I can see we've watched you do this for six years now. So there's only two scenarios here that'll play out. Either Trump's a part of the deep state, and this is all a psyop in political theater, and it's fake, and they're all in cahoots, which is possible. Or they really Very hate possible. this man that much. Okay, and if Very it's at the possible. if it's the latter, I want to know why. I want to know why. So I'm not gonna vote for him. I don't support Trump. I don't want him to be the president. If you thought the first four years of Trump was toxic, wait for the next four. The country's gonna burn. He's the second worst option. He's the second worst option behind biden i can't i can't say he's worse than biden because biden is the worst president i've ever seen ever now, for comedy <laughs> reasons i love biden just for oh, comedy yeah. remember back remember you know that's one thing you don't see right now really uh snl used to mock every Everybody. president we've had for a while um, you ain't seeing it for this bowl of oatmeal no nope. <laughs> yeah, they're bought and paid for by the dnc <laughs> So I mean, I'm sitting there going, endless <laughs> jokes. You're not doing it. What the hell? You missed this one. You missed that one. Shooting out of pressure. I want that on a T-shirt. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> we are team drop the ball in comedy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Biden's definitely not. I, I just love how he says, you know, yeah, I'm run, running for, you know, the next election. And everybody else in the DNC is like, all right, anybody else want to? Kamala, you, you, no, no, you don't want to do this? All right. That, that's what I thought. So they're all fucking. Kamala cool is just it. as bad at speaking as Biden is. Yeah, she's she great at laughing like awful. a hyena, though. <laughs> she's a, she's just, lying. <laughs> That's her lie note is when she's laughing hysterically like that. She, she's like a, <laughs> a live action in person predictive text, right? She doesn't know which word is coming next. She's just Boom. flying off by the hip. I mean, it's yes. absurd. To, to me, Kamala's worse because she's not a seventy nine year old dementia patient. She's just that bad at this and uh, nobody geez. likes her this was a huge mistake you're damn right this is this freaking identity politics uh progressive movement anti-meritocracy nonsense and they've been they're not even hiding it i'm going to no. get a black woman biden said it about the vp and he said it about this the scotus pick what happened you don't even have to say it man just if you want to do it fine but don't say it out loud. Act at least act like you're going and getting the best person for the job, and then pick your black woman. Well, well, check this out, man. There was talks for a while that our 
our governor, our great governor here in Michigan, Gretchen Ooh. Hitler, I mean Whitmer. Oh, I, love that. Um, I heard that yet. Yeah, I love it. Oh, man. Let me tell you about communism. We lived here in, De- we're, we're in Detroit. We're, we're Metro Detroit, oh, wow. right? And, yeah. You're in a deep heart of blue. Talk, a- talk about uh, losing yeah. your fucking mind during COVID, man. man. I've been. Oh, man. And nothing made sense. Dude, listen, check this out. I'm on a job site, right? I'm I'm a painter. I'm a painter oh, oh, by yeah. trade. That's what I do. I got I own my own business. We're 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 on a job and the builder shows up the day she made the calls, March twenty third, twenty twenty, I believe, right? Um, hey, we're shutting the shit down. Okay. We didn't hear anything about that. We're at work. The builder shows up and says, Hey, you guys gotta pack your shit and get the fuck out of here. And we're like, What? Doesn't He's like, Yeah. She's spoken. And I'm like, what do you mean here? And so I'm not going to lie to you. At first, I was mortified of what was going on. Because when they told me I couldn't go to work anymore, I was like, hey, man, this might be for real. Right. You know, what's going on here? And so I was a little sketched out. It lasted about a month. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty sketched out by a month. And by what I mean sketched out, my wife would go to the grocery store. And when she came home, I would make her strip naked in the basement, throw her clothes in the wash, and get in the shower. And same thing when I went out. But then I ended up when we went back to work, you know, long story short, um, we were working for a doctor during that. And he was on the job site and he said, Hey man, you know, you guys need to relax. This ain't really nothing to be worried about. If you're remotely healthy, hey man, um, thank you. At least thank that he's like, if you're remotely doctor. healthy, you're just going to get sick and you're going to be fine. Yeah. And he goes, if you're really worried about it, take vitamin D. There's still and I had already hope. been doing that. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent for vitamins. I've been doing yeah. it for years. You know, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I take my vitamins. I'm 39. I stay outside so, all day. All day. You know, and so you get the vitamin. And plus, you're down south. We don't see the sun in Michigan for six we months no out of the year. That's just what it is. No, it, it's, yeah, it's it's rough. Our, our low here in the winter is about 50. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I'm coming down there, you know what I'm saying? Well, but then you got to deal with 105, 110 with 90-something percent humidity. You know what? As long as there's AC, I'm good, yeah. brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I had to do uh, – I was at Fort Polk for uh, – Right before we went to Afghanistan, yeah, it was in Texas. so swampy, so hot. Yep, I hated it. I hated every second of it, man. I love it. I love it. I'd rather sweat all day than deal with y'all's blistering cold. It's absolutely brutal. Oh, it gets stupid. I hate here. it. I hate stupid. it so much. The cold hurts. I can deal with the sweat. I, 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 I can cook eggs on the sidewalk. I'm good with that. You know, bake, bake cookies in the car. <laughs> that, that's fine with me. I just don't but you want can't that make popsicles cold. outside. You can't keep your beer cold outside. We have refrigerators, nope. like what, six months out of the year outside. It's amazing. pretty much. It's pretty damn cold. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> we're almost like Alaska, really. It's like six months of nice, nice weather, six months of no sun and cold and rain. But, you know, uh, it's it's just what I, it I is. Real back with, uh, but now with Gretch, though, yeah, yeah, I was she also back closed down all the. She all she closed down all the box stores, like you know Walmart. We have a whole bunch of other ones, such as. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Myers and uh, what's the other one? Oh, that's about it. We have Myers. Kroger. Oh, Kroger, yeah. So Kroger, Myers. So you know, only necessities you could get. Everything else, like say planting, like seeds for planting, anything you couldn't buy seeds. Oh, that's what I flipped. I lost my mind. I lost my mind you when couldn't I couldn't buy out. anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really bad. And then we're talking like. You had political division in in society actually happening because obviously 
We call them face diapers. Is what it is. And sorry, masks did not work, folks. They caused harm to children. Yeah. Uh, caused far more people harm. People were than actually good. getting into fights over that. We had a uh, a security guy at a dollar store get shot because he told somebody to put a mask on. That was in the Flint area. That's um, it crazy. was nuts. Nuts. It's crazy to me, man. Yeah, Michigan. I, uh, when this all went and started get, going down. I ranked Whitmer as actually the second worst governor in America, ahead of Newsom. Newsom's third. Well, who's well, number Cuomo, one? Cuomo. Of course, Cuomo. He killed all. <laughs> he, look, oh my God! He killed so many people. Look how he left. She did too. They people. both did it. <coughs> they both. They both put COVID patients in nursing homes. Fucking nursing These homes. Are psychos, man. They deserve prison for life. I'm anti-death for, penalty forever. You know. So I, I, I believe I put this out on Twitter yesterday. I'm getting very bold over there, uh, but I'm still trying to be very careful, right? Because I'm gaining thousands of followers like by the by the weeks yeah. right now. Did you see the Steven Crowder thing that he did at the Capitol for Whitmer saying that she should be in prison for all the things that she did? Yeah, that yep. was a beautiful moment in Lansing. Yeah, I wanted to go, but I work like almost every single day that ends in Y. Uh, so that I could never really take time <laughs> off for cool events like that. But I, I think it'll save me for like a January 6th situation. Oh, I'll Ooh. never have to be in those <laughs> events. No, nah, yeah, yes. that was, um, yeah. And it's still that whole January 6th thing, man. This is, this is how, you know, people ask me all the time, right? Like, how do they continue to get away with this? I'm like, what do you mean? It's working. They just barrel it down your throat with lies and propaganda and keep us all divided. And most people aren't going to dig into these matters like the COVID tyranny, like January 6th goofy nonsense, and really analyze it from an unbiased perspective and say, well, this looks bad. Like, this doesn't feel right. And in their guts, I believe everybody knows that 1-6, that didn't feel right. Something about that was off. And, and we know now, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the feds were involved, just like the kidnapping oh, of absolutely. Whitmer. We 100% defense set that up. <laughs> and people oh, still yeah. don't know that. Yeah. We, it's a fact. It's a proven fact that the feds set all of that up. They entrapped those people that went and yes, that supposedly were going to go after Whitmer. That was entrapment. And as soon as there's entrapment involved, that case is gone. Period. Period. I have a friend that got out of a DUI because of an entrapment. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they're in court and, yeah, right now. For, Nobody's talking oh, yeah. about it because they don't want the FBI. The left wing media doesn't want the FBI looking any worse than they are right now. But they're in court for that right now. You mean the KGB, right? Pretty much. <laughs> now, Pretty much. now I want to ask you a question. <laughs> that January sixth was obviously a huge eye roll bad event for America. Why is nobody talking about? 52920 where people actually came to the White House it was you know the George Floyd riots that happened mm -hmm. in DC as well firebombed a security office on White House property injured yep. over 150 agents and officers burned down a church across the way but that was an, an insurrection Trump was sent to a bunker media laughed about it yeah. Why was that not called an insurrection on actual, you know, it's the White House, obviously. It's, it's the White House. Look, what, what's your thoughts on that, by any chance? It doesn't fit the narrative. Oh, that's right. Narrative. Absolutely. It didn't Period. Fit the it doesn't fit the narrative. Cut and dry. 100%. 100%. Uh, there, I listen to AM radio, which is 
unfortunately dominated by conservative talk radio. But it is what it is. I mean, oh yeah. There's also every 30 minutes you get news breaks from the national news, right? Mm-hmm. There's actually a lot of stories that I gather for the podcast from those little tiny breaks. That was just to be like a 60 second break from ABC News, and that just give you a little splatter of stuff going on. <clears throat> I get a lot of stories that way. <clears throat> but um, Jesse Kelly, who's actually very, very, very conservative, right? But he's also very liberty minded. He's in he's in the evening times. He keeps playing this clip of all of the media when they were talking about the George Floyd riot. And they're like, you know, uh, Chris Cuomo saying, who said who said uh, protests were supposed to be peaceful? Oh, if you look at America's history, all, all these le- – Donald, look at America's history. This, this kind of stuff was how we started. Tea party, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they were praising know. they were, uh, you know, praising that stuff. And then when six happens, which is by – Definition 100% fact, non-arguable, much more mild, much more mild. The only person that died mm-hmm. directly because of 1-6 was Ashley Babbitt, who was executed by police. Everybody else was uh, not dead because of 1-6. They keep still saying it. Why? Because it still worked. So People that's walked the into the Capitol on the other side. Like, they were they let didn't in. know an insurrection was happening. They were let they in. Okay. There's videos of them letting him in and helping them in. Now why is it like there's videos? The proof's yeah, in the and pudding. why isn't Ray Epps been charged? Now the left wing media is saying that Ray Epps is a victim. The New York Times published an article calling Ray Epps a victim. So if he was not a Fed, right. he was actually an insurrectionist by your definition of insurrection. By the way, one six was not an insurrection. That's ridiculous. It was a riot riot. at best. It was a riot that did turn violent. It was a violent riot. Looked bad. Terrible event. I'm not going to look. You're not going to get any sympathy from me that a bunch of politicians in D.C. got scared and were hiding under desks when they send our girls (laughs) to war to be slaughtered so they can line their pockets with money. You get no sympathy from me for that. The Capitol is not an institution that should be worshipped. And I don't get why these libertarians are running around talking about 1-6 like it was some ridiculous event. Why are you on lobbying on behalf of the backs of these people that send your, still, your freaking children to war to die? I don't care if they get scared for two hours and then get to carry on their business. Good. I'm glad they're scared. Yes. They're supposed to yes. be scared. Sorry. That's you are damn right, man. I love that. I love how you got heated. It pisses me off. No, I feel you, dude. I feel you. I sympathizing for these (laughs) politicians. Oh, one six was an insurrection. They're calling. They're freaking calling the Capitol. What do they keep calling it? Um, some religious term like a worship idol, almost. Oh, geez. You know what I'm talking about. Well, here's the thing. An insurrection is a violent takeover (laughs) of government. Did this happen? There was. There was not even. They were stalled for two hours. It was still a transition, a peaceful transition of power. What are you talking about? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's ins- It's insanity. Now, those people were now, stupid for falling me- for it. Okay, that's the. Let me point this out because they're going to want this now. All right, the, the FBI just raided Trump's house. They want this. They wanted one six, and they're going to want more violence. So between the and I think you saw this tweet between the Alex Jones trial and the raid yep. of Donald Trump, this government wants either silence or violence. Give them neither. Sorry about that. Go ahead. See, here, here's where, here's the thing. You have said many times that the government is begging for us to be violent. Absolutely. And the raid of Donald Trump 
is is solidifies yep. that because they know that a bunch of MAGA freaks are going to lose their fucking yep. minds and possibly take up arms to where they can possibly and now hashtag tinfoil hat here, but say say hypothetically. You know, these MAGA freaks take up arms because they're upset that their Lord and Savior has been raided. You know, sorry, not sorry for saying no, that. But, truth. you know, um, but then they could implement martial that's law. That's the problem, right? You're exactly, you're right on, that's the logical like, conclusion, right? Whoa. That's what, you, that's what happens when you follow the logical conclusion. So we must be loud about anti-violence because if, remember, there's tens of millions of MAGAs, okay? Tens of millions of them. All right. So, so if, if just a couple of groups of them get violent, then your government can just implement the all end all be all authority. Guess who that affects? Everyone. Everyone. All of us. Which ladies and ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> if you don't understand what martial law means, um, to put, put it in uh, layman's terms, you lose the Constitution. The Constitution is null and void when martial law is implemented. So if these MAGA freaks decide to go up and take up arms to save their personal Lord and Savior, then, you know, that is going to happen. It'll happen and it'll completely fuck the Absolutely, rest of us. 100%. You know, excuse my language, but holy shit. 100%. Now, now moving on. I'll tell you that, man. We are, we are, <laughs> like, yeah. I know, look, I'm a part, I'm a, you know, I'm a disabled veteran combat vet, but I'm, look, man, I'm happy meal six. I am not in shape to fucking fight. I'm not going <laughs> to fight at all. But I will say this, martial law, you want to take my weapons? You will be getting them barrels first. I have told my wife that I'm like, if anything like that shit goes down, so be it. This is my last stand. And that, that's the issue with it, is, right? Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, no. And then, you know, the IRS just got fucking armed. The IRS. And they can go ahead and 87, violate, and they can fucking violate your rights. Like what constitution? So yeah, like they're, all they're, this... not, they're not beholden to any of that. The IRS is no free reign, absolutely zero oversight. So it's like people, why are you not waking up? Look, this country was created over pennies on fucking tea that was taxed. Why the fuck have we not done anything else? But then again, shit like January 6th happens. Obviously, you had a nice mixture of crazy MAGA folk. <laughs> and then also the government, you know, inside crazy MAGA folk. I mean, like you said, you had a bad feeling when you were watching it. Yep. So what else yep. can they do? I don't want to know. Yeah. And, I mean, it's still frustrating because I look at this and I 100% believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we could end this without one bullet being fired. You could end this without Absolutely. one gun being carried in the street. All you need is Absolutely. 10% of the people to walk out their front door and go march, and you would end this. Because yep. remember, just like in the movie Bugs Life, we're the ants, they're the grasshoppers. We outnumbered them a million to one, okay? We don't need war, that is unnecessary. They would have to, Spike breaks it down beautifully. I always botch the numbers, but you'll get the concept, right? If 3% decide to, to not comply, they can't stop. If 5% That's begin right. to not comply, they have to start to redirect course. If 10%, 10% do not comply, 10, 10% of the American populace decides we're not complying anymore. It gets swept under the rug, They have to completely man. change their trajectory because we have the yep. numbers. 
This is this this could be changed overnight. And it looks hopeless. Hashtag mass noncompliance. Mass non-compliance. It looks you hopeless know. because mass noncompliance. You can't get enough people on board. You know, the country right now is so divided, it's like trying to herd feral cats in a thunderstorm. And what I want to say, it, no, it I is. I want to say for this fall coming up, get ready and strap in because MAGA folk are coming back out. Guess who else is coming back out to play? Antifa folk. Yep. Now, Jesus Christ. Hear me out, dude. I know. I say, hear me out. What actually happened in the Portland area is a fucking Antifa guy capped a fucking MAGA guy in the street. No huge media coverage or anything. Like, I follow people such as Steven Crowder, Tim Pool. I try to keep it completely in the middle so I hear this and that. And then I also yeah. have the app called Both Sides where I can read left wing and right wing politics and then get I didn't even know that knowledge. existed. Both Sides. Okay, great. I'm downloading that. Both both sides app. I, I I discovered it on TikTok. Yes, I know TikTok's a crazy kids app. Sometimes you get great TikTok. fucking information from it. I fucking yeah, love do. it. I'll try to get this guy to get on it right here. But, I love uh, TikTok. TikTok's a there's a sorry, I'm gonna cut you off just real quick. No, there's a ton of things that I learned from TikTok. I follow a bunch of gardeners, I follow a bunch of homesteaders, I follow news junkies. <coughs> and you can learn and I've got like three videos from TikTok that I loaded to my Twitter that have gone viral, right? Oh, yeah, Mostly oh, yeah, just. Oh, yeah. You remember oh, nice. that video okay. I showed of the cop arresting the ATF agent? I shared it to yeah. Twitter. That got yes. almost a hundred thousand views, right? Hell now, yeah! I got two going buck while Hell I shared yeah. yesterday. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, now check this out. Just get ready for some. We crazy. are we're running out a little bit of time here. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I, I have time. a few more questions for you. Now. The 2024 ballot, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, who do you want to see on the ballot in 2024? Who I want or who I think is going to be on the ballot? No, who do you want on the ballot from each party? I want party DeSantis Gabbard you want? for the Republican ticket. Um, the Democrats, I don't care. They don't have anybody. They're, com- they're in complete spiral. They're out of control. All of them are terrible, right? So I'll say this. Let's, let's take Damn Tulsi right. away. Give me DeSantis, okay. whoever, right? And and make Tulsi your presidential nominee for 24. Biden can't do it. He's He's been dead for seven years. Kami, can't, Kami Harris can't do it. <laughs> she can't complete a sentence, and she doesn't even no. have dementia. They're going to run. I'll tell you who they're going to run. Put in Tulsi and grab you a moderate Democrat. Maybe uh, Kristen Sinema, Joe Manchin, right? The, Tulsi. Tulsi's mm-hmm. the best thing that Democrat. She's the best thing to happen to the Democrats in a decade. And they kicked her out of the party. Yeah, but well, the Democrats won't put her out there. She doesn't fit their narrative. So what does she do? She has to, Everybody knows I love Tulsi. That's who I want to. I would love, yeah, I love Tulsi Gabbard. Bubba loves Tulsi yeah, Gabbard. I think we all love her. She's doing great things. I didn't catch her on Tucker last night just because uh, I'm not a, a big wild. fan of watching I don't have shit. cable, so I got to figure out. I want to watch Tucker and see what all the, the noise is about. He's obviously oh, the number one show. On He's pr- you can okay. catch it on YouTube. He's borderline QAnon. Really? I think Tucker's borderline QAnon. Wow. In my yeah, own you opinion. keep saying QAnon. Don't forget about BlueAnon, man. Those motherfuckers right? Those guys are just as bad. <laughs> just as bad. <laughs> well, I mean, the far right, far right and the far left are the same For the people. libertarian ticket, I'm now, torn because I'm personal friends with Spike. Uh, I can text him. I just, well, I just texted him the other day. I know how deeply buried Spike is. And what he's doing, especially with you are the power and helping out and sacrifice. Okay. So for that reason, I actually, I texted him months ago. 
two months ago or so, right before the convention. I said, hey, love you. I wish you were the president of the United States. I don't want you running. I want you to focus on this. I want you to focus on your local organizing, your local community, because we need you. Can't have you burnt out from running for freaking president on a libertarian ticket and get, what, 10% of the vote maybe, which would be great. That'd be great. But I need which Spike healthy. Remember, Spike has MS, and he already works like a dog. Right. right. That being said, I think the most ideal ticket would be Spike Cohen Davis. Now, <laughs> man... I love Dave Smith, but I will say this. My love for Spike Cohen goes to the moon and back. Um, I love what he's doing. I feel like he has been the frontline warrior for the Libertarian Party for the past two and a half years. I fell in love with Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen in 2020. I literally went and saw Mama Joe in Detroit when she came here by the bridge, the Canadian bridge that separates you know Windsor and Detroit. Um, we, she had a little thing there, uh, right by the bridge. And I went there and I literally got to ask her a question. I was the first one who got to answer or ask her a question. I actually made the oh, news. Awesome. I was on TV, the Fo- local Fox. I'll show, I'll, I'll share that picture at some point, but local Fox was the only station that was there. I had no idea we were there. I'm sleeping in bed, right? I'm crashing. I go to bed. I, I fall asleep nine o'clock at night. It's over, you know, 10 o'clock I'm in the bed. My wife's like, you're on TV. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What do you want, woman? You know? And she's like, you're on TV. You're on TV. And I'm looking. I'm like, holy shit, dude. I'm on TV. You know? And it's me talking to Joe Jorgensen. And it was the coolest thing ever. Remind uh, me when we get off of here to uh, give you a few stories. And then, uh, you know, and then long story short, I think it was a week before that, Spike was here. He came to Flint to talk about the Flint water thing. I don't know if you know anything about that, but like. We have some drama yeah, here do. in Michigan. And and uh anyhow, uh his dog had just passed oh. away. And so I messaged him on Facebook, and I don't know if it was him that replied or not, but I messaged him on Facebook an old Johnny Carson clip, and I can't remember the guy's name, but his dog it was old from like the early eighties. But he he had just lost his dog and he had wrote some sort of poem about it, which is like Cause like, I love my dogs are my best friends. I love them with my whole heart. And so, you know, that's, that's big. I don't have kids. My dogs are my babies. Yeah. And so I sent him that and he wrote back. He's like, thank you so very much for this, Sean. And I was like, whoa. And I don't know if he has a publicist that, that writes for him off Facebook or whatever, but like, I thought there have been times he does have a social media team. Sometimes you get spiked. Sometimes it's not, but yeah, that was pretty cool. But yeah, you know, so that being said, you know, I was very involved in 2020 with the whole libertarian thing, and I will be involved for the rest of my life now. This is a point where I'm never turning back. I'm never going back to the duopoly asshats. I can't. I've seen too much. I know too much. I've researched too much to believe that Republicans and Democrats have our best interests at heart. That's I just have a hard time believing that now. Mr. Noel, the Cajun Libertarian. I see pictures on Facebook and, and social media and Twitter and stuff. You got guitars and drums, and you seem like you might play a little bit of music, and part of this show is music. So, what's your vice? What do you listen to? What does the Cajun Libertarian <laughs> get down with when it comes to music? Uh, I've 
probably on the spectrum for that one. I'm a bit autistic when it comes to that. Uh, I'm, I am a musician, by the way. I've uh, been a worship pastor for several minutes. So that's, yeah. Oh, so nice. I play guitar, okay. I play drums, I sing, I play piano. Um, a worship awesome. pastor, and I just swore up and down, left and right. I'm going to go on mute for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, you're fine. <laughs> oh, man, I... Good. No, 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 I want. I always want people to be genuine. If I was afraid to to be a Christian in these circles, that that would never work. So, come as you are, uh, right? Yeah, come as you are. I, that's, I've got. I'm. I'm not perfect. I sin every day. I cuss every day. You know, I, I have an anger issue. Can't tell. <laughs> oh, we all yeah, got those. Pretty deep-seated <laughs> anger issues, especially with uh, non uh, inanimate objects. They just they just drive me under the up underneath my skin when they don't work. When it comes to when it comes to oh, listening yeah. to music, um, I love a lot of old. I grew up on classic rock, right? So Rush, Queen, yes, you know those kinds of those kinds of bands are Boston. Um, okay, I love those bands. Love them. Uh, also love rap. I'm very good at that. Good at that as well. Um, I'm actually a huge Tom McDonald fan. I know that's very controversial in the libertarian circles, Bubba. <laughs> but I, I love Tom McDonald. And he's actually been on social media here lately with an anarchist symbol and of wanting it. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. We love anarchy around here. Now, you just said the magic words. You listen to some hip-hop, love and hip-hop. we talked about 90s, 90s right before via Twitter. Do you know who's in the studio right now <laughs> recording an album? No. One, two, three, and to Shut the up. four. Snoop Doggy Dog. And no Dr. Way. Dre is at the door. <laughs> Dude, one of my all-time... Yes, I'm a big vinyl collector. It might collector. be my all-time favorite al- uh, rap album. I'm telling you, I, it, I would be hard-pressed to find one that is um, Dre's. <laughs> and it was like, what, 2000, I think? 2000. You're talking about the Chronic 2001? Might be my all-time... That was 99. 99. That came out... That might be my all-time favorite hip-hop album. I loved West Coast rap. You know what else is great? Oh, Texas yes. rap is absolutely so underrated and phenomenal. Oh, it is. Texas rap is. with like Bun B and that crowd, they they created an entire sound, and they never oh, give enough UGK credit. I love that yep. shit, UGK. dude. Oh, UGK. my God. Loved it. Rest in peace, now, Pimp you, C. Ooh. Yep. See, I love the the Dirty South. I love Dirty South rap, and and yep, you're from the Dirty much. South, and so you know Master P and uh, oh my God, Juvenile and, uh, Juvenile oh, and that game. guys, Two I Live was, Crew. Was a big fan of Juvenile and uh, oh, what was the name of their crew? Yes, Juvenile, Little Wayne, Manny Fresh, Hot Boys, Hot Boys. Thank you, Hot Boys. Hot Boys. Love yep. Cash love Money Millionaires. Cash Money. Cash, Cash money, money, yes. The block yeah. is hot. The block is hot. Absolutely. Well, I'm still a huge fan of, of uh, Little Wayne, though. I, I've always loved fucking Little Wayne shit from from Jump. So he's very analogous. Uh, it's you know I mean? Yeah, he's really yeah, analogous. He's pretty far. He's very good with his words. He's pretty suave. You can tell when he was on the cough syrup, yeah. though. Like he was, he he turned into one of the mumble rappers. You know what I mean? When he was doing all that that yeah. syrup or whatever, when he had his problem. And so you could tell when he was like, you know, he sounded like he had marbles in his mouth when he was rapping, you know. At least that was my actually, take on it. I'm also now, actually a okay. huge Ludacris fan. I love a lot of Atlanta rappers. Huge Ludacris fan. Yes. Um, I've always loved Ludacris. I know it's not the greatest content, but I really like his style. And um, I, I'm one of my all-time favorite rappers. And now I'm gapping his name. I can see his face. 
Oh, he's from Atlanta. He's one of the best rappers ever. Nobody gives him enough credit. You talking about you talking about Andre oh, three thousand no, from Outcast? Because I put I put him yeah, right he's up a solo there. Rapper. Me old Outcast. He's been in a bunch of movies too. Oh my god! I'll think of it in a second. I can't believe I'm gapping. Now I'm losing it. I'm losing you, it you too. You know instantly who I'm talking about. He went to jail for a long time. Got caught carrying a gun in an airport. Ti. Ti. Oh, I love Ti. Ti. I think Ti is a legend. What you know about that has my whole heart. <laughs> I love that song. I bump it in my truck all the time, you know. And uh, now, when it comes to hip hop, who's your Mount Rushmore of hip hop? Of hip hop, I've got to go with, and, and it's going to be probably because of my era that I've got to go with Tupac. Um, Biggie Small. Okay. I got to yes. throw Eminem in there because he is, regardless of his politics, okay. he's, a, he's a legend. What? I mean, he's absolute legend. Yep. Uh, them three, I, I, Dr. Dre, hands down. I think he's one of the greatest producers, rappers of all time, if not the greatest mix of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's four. If I had to give you one more, you know, I, I don't know. There's so many people. I, this is a hard, hard question. question, you know, when it comes, it's, it's easy to rattle off politics when you're doing this shit, but when it comes to music and you're into there's it, a lot of people that you're, you're never going to hear of that are actually amazing lyricists and rappers. And I know I'm trying to pick from one of those. There was that one white boy who was really good, but I wouldn't put him on the Mount Rush. That's probably, I can't, I can't put Snoop Dogg up there. I can't put him up there. I never thought. I thought he was fun. I thought he was always kind of the bridesmaid, never the bride. You know what I mean? Oh, facts. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I feel no that. disrespect to Snoop, but no, none at all. He's a legend. Yeah, I feel like he was—he was—he's like a permanent runner-up to everybody. Yeah, permanent runner-up. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Great. Great, hands down. But he's always yeah. somebody's, you know, extra that needed to be, you know. Absolutely. Um, like right now, my no, favorite yeah. guy that I like to listen to right now is Jelly Roll, dude. That motherfucker is awesome. I never heard of him. I got. I, Tom McDonald probably will make that list just because he is going. He's a true rock star. You know, he, he embodies everything of what a rock star really is. He's bucking the system. <coughs> he's bucking the culture. He's loud and unabashed about it. And I love that. He's, he probably makes that list. If, I, if I'm, I'm going to reserve that spot because I think in 10 years, Tom McDonald probably makes that list. Andy's from Canada. Yeah, he's from Canada. He's Canadian. Canada. Why are Canadians the last time America we had... more than Americans? Now, do you remember the last time we had a Canadian rapper that made it? It was the early 90s. Talk about snow? Informa. Yeah, and that was Canadian rap in a nutshell until Tom McDonald yeah, came. Tom McDonald's a beast, and I I always like to throw and that the fact out there. that he does it. Yeah, he's he's the got fact some good that he stuff. does it all in his house, no label, nothing. They create their own beats, they write their own songs, they create their own music videos. I mean, it's legendary. It will he will go down as one of the all time greats just because of that. I mean, Did think about that, honestly, uh, think about that. Did you catch the album that uh, uh, Tom McDonald and? Uh, Adam Calhoun did. I heard some of it. I heard it's some a, of it. It's a, it's, well, I didn't know he yeah, did. He did. Adam he Calhoun. Did a, he, 
And they also did a track with uh, Struggle Jennings too, so that was a pretty good pro America song. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie. When every, when those folks get together, they make they make some gold for real. Yeah, he's a he's a little bit wow. You know, Tom's obviously more conservative than he is anything else. I think yeah, I think we're watching him kind of evolve in real time because yeah. he he was kind of in the middle, and then he got pushed hard right, and now he's kind yeah, he of he swinging back. You know, and I, I I like that. That's that's not a grifter. That's somebody who we're watching and in the public forum evolve in real time. Now, I think he hates the system. He's very honest and genuine about his lyrics when he talks about the system and when he talks about the culture. And so, and just the fact that he built all this in his, basically in his basement, he built an empire by himself, just him and his girlfriend. I mean, that that's that can never be understated because the guy right now is a cultural legend. I mean, he's a massive influence. He's doing big things and, and people are loving him. And I like, I see people share his stuff on social media all the time. And I'm like, and that's what I listen to. I haven't dug deep into that yet. You know, just cause like, I, I love hip hop, but like, I have a hard time with, yeah, I listen to any I'm, I'm, I'm very old, old school. I'm in my, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in my forties now. I'm getting to be an old man. Rappers. So like, I love my nineties. No, no more tatted up mumble Scoofy. rap. Enough with that. What, 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 you're useless. It is silly. You're, useless. you're nothing more than adding just to the beat. That's it. The only bars they have are Zanny bars, man. That's There's right. No bars. <laughs> it's what they sound like when they're singing, too. They're like yeah, all I fucked up on drugs. It. But now, now here's 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 our final question for this show, Mister Mister Cajun Libertarian. There's a house fire at your house after you save your your family. Obviously, what five albums do you need to get out immediately? Five albums. Yeah, what five albums do you have to rescue? You I don't can't have any albums. Them. No albums. No albums? Well, I know you're saving everything you're straight streaming. Dr. Dre's 2001 if you have it on vinyl, man. I don't have it on vinyl. I, don't, I have nothing on vinyl. <laughs> oh, no, this is, we have this is, a, what, this okay. is a what if scenario. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. What, oh, okay, so, okay, 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 what's your what if scenario? If you had some music that you wanted to yeah. save, what five albums 100%, are you saving? Uh, Chronic 2001, absolutely. Um, I'm going to take Rush YYZ. I'm also going to take uh, yes! YYZ. I'm sorry, Exit Stage Left. YYZ is on Exit Left. I have that I here. At my mom's house. I got a bunch of records at my mom's house. Nice. Hundred. I have, I'll, after, we, after we're done recording, I'll pull it up yeah, and show exit, you. I got exit, it. <laughs> exit Stage Left by Rush. I'm also going to have to steal. I know there's only five, but it is what it is. I'm also going to have to make sure I get uh, Rush's Hemispheres. Love that. Uh, wow. <clears throat> love that vinyl. Um, I'm going to have to get my Queen album. So that's four. And believe it or not, I'm probably going to have to take, just because of sentimental value, one of my Michael Jackson albums. That was my first concert ever was that's MJ. Awesome. Swear to God. 1985, Victory Tour. I was just a kid. My mom, I was five years old. I mean, I was born in 1980. So Michael Jackson was a thing, you know, when I was growing up, I had yep. the glove, awesome. I had the jacket, you know what I'm saying? And so my mom took me, she was so sick. She was so sick. She tried to get my dad to take me cause they weren't together or whatever. My dad, it was on new year's Eve at the Pontiac Silverdome where the Detroit lions used to play, you know, hold it held over 80,000 people. Amazing. So, you know, it was, yeah. it was fitting for MJ. Um, but anyhow, 
That was my first show ever. My mom tried to get my dad to take me, but he was already going to Ted Nugent's Whiplash Bash. That used to be like a a uh, a thing here in, in Michigan in the Detroit area because he's from here. And so, yeah, MJ was my first concert and first experience ever going yeah. to see music. So, I, you know, your music choices that you just picked, because I'm also, a, I'm a huge Love Rush right. nerd. I got 2112 here on vinyl, and I have Exit it's Stage. My favorite album of all time. You know, and so, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. Cajun Libertarian, thank you oh, so much for having me on this show. We, we, I, I'm going to sound like an old person. I was tickled <laughs> to death to have you on. Uh, Bubba feels the same so way. <laughs> I know, man. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, man, like I'm so I'm like I'm stuck in like 1945. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I was born in the wrong day. Oh, but man, thank you so much yeah. for doing this show. Thank you for your insight, and uh, we'd love to have you Absolutely. again sometime. Yeah, I loved it. I had a great time. Thank you for having me, man. I'm I'm super honored that y'all think that highly of me, and I uh, hope I'm making a difference. That's really all it comes down to. I got three kids. And um, I'm not going to stand for this. I at least want the tyrannical America pre-code. I want this country to look something like it did when I grew up for my children and their children. So I just want to make a difference. But I'm super honored. I mean, I, I you know, I, it's odd to me to even hear you speak that highly of me because I'm still kind of trying to digest all of this. And yeah, I, I think you all are doing a great job as well. Thank you for having me You're on. You're doing great work. Huge You're honor. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Keep going. Let's keep let's keep spreading the message to, of of liberty and and love and peace and prosperity, man. Let's just keep doing this. And until next time, folks. Much love, y'all.